Welcome back to the How Good Sport podcast. It's only eight days until some fucking rugby league is back. I am absolutely foaming at the mouth. I'm frothing. I cannot wait. Lucky we have plenty more footy action today with four trials coming at us. World Club Challenge tomorrow morning with the Penny Panthers, and then a couple more games tomorrow afternoon. So there's plenty of rugby league. You know there's going to be 4,000 podcasts out during the week. There's going to be team lists. The Roosters versus the Broncos in Vegas, and then the Seagulls and the Bunnies. It's going to be awesome. And then we launch full speed ahead into the season. So it's exciting times ahead. Obviously, with a lot of content going around, we're seeing lots of previews and these kind of things. The wide world of sports, in conjunction with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, have been putting together their top 50 NRL players. Yesterday, they dropped the final top 10. So we're just going to run through it with a live reaction for you guys, starting with number 10. SJ, Shawnee Johnson from the Warriors, how fucking good. Just missed out on the Dalian last year, was pretty unlucky and got pipped at the post by Kalen Ponga, but had a fantastic season nonetheless. The Warriors are going to want to see repeat effort from Sean Johnson this year. If he can repeat those efforts, they're going to make the top four. There's absolutely no doubt for me. We saw the exciting depth they've got with their young blokes in the forwards. They've got RTS back who looked fucking beautiful last week. So I can't wait for the Warriors. But yeah, Shawnee Johnson, it's good to see him land himself back in that top echelon of the players in the rugby league arena. Obviously, last year we saw his game mature a lot. We've seen all the things from John Johnson, the stepping, the touch football qualities, his line breaks, his ability to break a game open. But we saw him mature and show that he can also manage a game and do the other stuff too. His ball playing really improved. His game awareness around his kicking game was fantastic. So well done to Shawnee Johnson for breaking the top 10 there. At number nine, Paddy Carrigan for the Brisbane Broncos, the lock and the captain. A well-deserved recognition here for Paddy Carrigan. Uh, obviously, his importance to this team is uh, cannot go under any question. He is super important to the Brisbane Broncos. He's a fantastic ball player. He can just tuck the ball under his arm and take the tough carries when he needs to. Every week, he's getting at least 130, 140 meters in running meters. His post-contact meters are always up, and he's an absolute lock in defense. So well done to Paddy Carrigan up there with the best locks in the game for the NRL. At number eight, the fish, James Fisher-Harris. So good to see this guy finally getting some recognition. Him and Moses Liotta are one of the better front row pairings we've ever seen. The last three years when the Panthers have won the comp, these guys have just dialed it up for the finals. Their aggression, their physicality, their ability to consistently turn up in the big games and lay a platform for not only Nathan Cleary, but for the back line is fantastic. And it's so good to see the fish getting some recognition. It's so good to see some forwards being mentioned among these top players in the game. We're so used to seeing fullbacks, halves, five-eights, hookers dominate these rankings, but already we've seen Paddy Carrigan and James Fisher-Harris as two key players in this top 10. Number seven, Cameron Murray, the hot boy. How good. We spoke about Paddy Carrigan and how important he is to the Broncos. Cameron Murray is the most important player for the Bunnies, in my opinion. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker are key to the Bunnies in their attack, but Cameron Murray just provides such an, a well-rounded game. As the captain for the Bunnies, he's one of these players that just leads from the front and leads with his actions. He doesn't have to say too much. Again, a brilliant ball-playing lock, can also run the ball. He's a 
damaging runner whilst he's not one of these huge locks or or edge players his footwork his agility makes him a bit of a, a dangerous attacking player so Cameron Murray at number seven there look for him to have a huge year this year whilst I'm not a huge fan of the bunnies as a rooster um, I'd always be super stoked to see someone like Cameron Murray winning a comp it would be well deserved Number six, Cameron Munster, one of the best 5'8s in the game, if not the best. We've seen him absolutely just fucking demoralize us blue supporters year in, year out for the Maroons. For the Storm, he's obviously been a fantastic player. I've always been critical of Munster's efforts in the finals. I'm yet to see him stamp himself on the NRL finals. I know he's won comps, and obviously he's been a key contributor, but in terms of dominating a finals game like he does in Origin, that's what I want to see, just to really complement this resume of Cameron Munster being labelled one of the better players in the game, because I hear people say he's the best big game player in the NRL. Not in the NRL, yes, in Origin, but he's not in the NRL. Let's be honest. But otherwise, Cameron Munster, you can't argue. He's a fucking gun. Love Cameron Munster. Keen to see him um, put egg all over on my face and dominate a final series this year because that would really just top off his resume and Craig Bellamy's to show that they can win a comp without Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, and Billy Slater. Number five, Harry Grant, the hooker for the Melbourne Storm. His role is obviously super important for the Storm. We saw last year when Brandon Smith wasn't around, it really affected Harry Grant's game. Obviously, that one-two punch that they had was fantastic. Grant got the opportunity to have a bit of a rest and, and come on refreshed. So I think this year, Craig Bellamy is going to make sure he's got someone like a Tyron Wishart or a Bronson Garlic on the bench just to give Grant that opportunity to have a rest so he can be fresh. Because I think him playing for 80 minutes blunts his attacking ability. We know how good... His running game is, his ball playing's fantastic. He's the best hooker in the game, and his ranking in the top 10 is uh, uh, good to see him commended and recognized for his role and his importance as one of the better players in the NRL. At number four, Reese Boy Walsh, Walsh Hub. My favorite, I fucking love Reese Walsh. If you've been listening to any of our content around the Brisbane Broncos or where we've made comparisons around the Origin team, Reese Boy always pops up. I think he's the most talented, well-rounded attacking player in the comp. He can kick for 40-20s. He can chip and chase. He can grub it for tries. His ball playing is fucking beautiful to watch. He's as good as any ball playing 5-8 in the rugby league. In the NRL, I should say, um, he can play short. He's got a beautiful little double pump and a nice little subtle pass. You see so many players double pump and just fucking fire the ball into their player's chest and they knock it on. But Reese Walsh just knows how to have that beautiful, subtle sleight of hand. And we saw him set up tries for both his edge back rowers. We saw him set up tries for his centers. His cutout balls are an absolute thing of beauty. Dead set rugby league pawn. And then his speed. It's like Billy Slater when he was young. He just has absolute game-breaking, blistering speed. Um, I love everything Reese Walsh does. He's so good for the NRL. He's so good for the Broncos. Uh, I think he's going to be rewarded with a big contract next season. Obviously, we want to see him improve areas of his game. I know he cops a lot of slack about his errors, but when you're going to go for these big plays like Reese Walsh that come off more often than not, You have to expect some areas. You can't expect him to have a perfect game. That's just so unrealistic. So I'm happy for Reese to make one or two errors if it means he has three try assists and scores of tries and sets up the game for his team. What I do want to see Reese improve on is some of the effort areas in his defense, and I'm very confident he will. Obviously, there were some games, 
sorry, some moments in the grand final that are uh, left to be desired in his defence. But I think we will see him improve that big time this year. I'm, I'm very keen to see Reese Walsh's future and what it looks like. Payne Haas. Recognition of another big boy comes in at number three. He's the third Bronco to feature in this top 10. Recognition of how good the Broncos were last year. Payne Haas has been a fantastic player for years now. And what I really like about Payne Haas is his resilience. He's got a really strong intestinal fortitude. He's had a lot of shit happen off the field. Some of it has been his own cause. But then we've seen the stuff that's happened with his mum and his brother. But his ability to whether compartmentalize or maybe it's a compliment to the well-being team at the Broncos, but that has not affected his game one iota and we've seen him continue to be the same Payne Haas every week who's breaking tackles, getting consistent meters, post-contact meters, quick play the balls and defending like an absolute gun in the middle. So well done to Payne Haas number three. Number two, Kalen Ponga had a fantastic season last year, was rewarded with that Dalian medal after a beautiful second half of the season. It was so good to see him bounce back after a really tricky start to the season. He trained all preseason at 5'8", multiple concussions. He had to go over to Canada to see what he could do about it. There were fears for his position in the game and his future as a rugby league player, but it was so good to see him come back at fullback and absolutely carve up. He was obviously such a big part of Newcastle's success last year, and he will be this year. It's great that he's had the off-season to train the full-time at fullback. Kudos to Adam O'Brien for swallowing his pride and getting Kalen back to fullback last year. But, um, you know, if you love Reese Walsh, you love Kalen Ponga, these are the type of guys that put bums on seats and bring players to our game. These are the kind of guys that are going to build our game in platforms and arenas like Vegas that's happening next weekend. So if you love rugby league, you love Kalen Ponga, he's so exciting to watch. He gets you out of your chair. He is literally one of these people that helped bring about how good sport. He's a how good sport moment if you've ever seen one. Kalen Ponga, number two. Rounding out the top 10 and probably no surprise is Nathan Cleary and fucking well-deserved. He is the best player in our game by far. What he did in that grand final was spectacular. I've never seen a better player performance in a big game in my life. That last 22 minutes, I believe it was, was just ridiculous. In the 58th minute, after missing a tackle to let the Broncos get ahead by three, Cleary put the side on his back. He split through the defense and put Leota over. He kicked a 40-20. He threw the last pass to Stephen Crichton for his try, and then we saw Cleary dummy and run over and seal the game. For the Panthers, he kicked every single goal too, just quietly. Um, Cleary does this year in, year out in the finals. We saw last year coming off an eight-week injury, first week of the finals against the Parramatta Eels. He flogged them, absolutely carved up. This year, we saw the same thing coming in against the Warriors. He absolutely put them to the sword, and he did the same thing against the Melbourne Storm in the prelim. This guy's box office. He's the best player in our game. It's quite ridiculous what he's achieved by his age. The final frontier for Cleary dominating an origin series and I think this year we're going to see that I think there's every chance we could see something that I don't think's ever been done before please correct me if I'm wrong but I think we could see Cleary win state of origin get man of the series win a Dally M win a grand final and get a Clive Churchill and if he does that he's an immortal in my eyes 
And I don't think you can argue about that. Nathan Cleary is really edging towards that top echelon of the best halfbacks we've ever seen in our game. And he's got at least fucking seven, eight years to go. He's right about to come into that time of the player's prime age around that 26 to 27 through to 30. So it's pretty scary what we're going to see from Nathan Cleary, but well-deserved number one for Nathan Cleary. So I'll just recap what that top 10 was. So number one, Nathan Cleary. Number two, Caelan Ponga. Number three, Payne Haas. Number four, Reetsy Boy, a Walsh hub. Number five, Harry Grant. Number six, Cameron Munster. Number seven, Cameron Murray. Number eight, James the Fish Harris. Number nine, Paddy Carrigan. And number 10, SJ Shawnee Johnson. So this was voted by some analysts at Channel 9, some of the more astute judges in Andrew Johns, Darren Lockyer, and some of the journos at the Sydney Morning Herald in the age. Thank you for tuning in, guys. How good sport, how good's rugby league. Fucking oath. See you next time.